This is a Hot Pie Original. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Inhumane Podcast, a Hot Pie Media Original. Uh, thanks for coming back to episode 18. This is part two with Barb Winters, a mom and a woman on a mission who is helping parents and children fight the new drug of pornography. Um, families go through a lot once they figure out or understand that their kid is being exposed to pornography or just downright becomes addicted. You don't want to miss this. Go back to part one on episode 17. If you didn't get to hear it, she shares her story on how this all came to light and what she's doing about it. And she wants to arm other parents and give them the support. So let's listen in. From your space of, you know, uh, helping parents, coaching parents, supporting uh, parents and going into the schools um, from your space, how does porn fuel human trafficking? Yeah. And, and you probably know more than I do. So I'll give it a <laughs> shot and then you can fill it. Yeah. In yeah. I love it. Because, um, well, f- just to preface, I am so grateful. And I think I, I told you this when you and I've chatted before is for y'all to even have that in your repertoire, to even be yeah. talking about it and discussing it, acknowledging it, bringing it to the forefront. In, in your space of pornography, you're still linking it when yeah. I am constantly right fighting and trying to push all these other areas. I'm like, oh, my gosh, guys, human trafficking is so connected. You have to talk yeah. about it. And you guys have actually realized how much that is. So just from your space, yeah. how do you think it, sure. it fuels it? Well, there's two ways that I think it fuels it. One is that there's usually a history of pornography um, in anyone who's involved in the human trafficking industry. Mm. Well, in the sex trafficking portion of, mm-hmm. of human trafficking. So the person typically has watched pornography themselves, the, per, um, the perpetrator or the person that's trafficking. The second is, um, and this is where the public is more involved, is that the demand for pornography especially the rough types of pornography, and we mm. haven't gotten into that yet, right. creates a demand for more people to perform those sexual acts yeah. so that they can watch it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the human trafficking comes into play because most people aren't going to just volunteer to um, be in these types of pornographic yeah. videos and, um, I think what a lot of people who watch pornography don't realize is it is that they are contributing to human trafficking. Yes. And when mm-hmm. you make that link, which is what I like to do in the classroom, something sometimes triggers in their head that, whoa, you're kidding. Right. Because I just thought I was doing this thing that was all about me. Mm-hmm. And now I've realized that I'm harming other people. Yeah. I'm actually contributing to this industry. And so that's the link that I want to make. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were helping our son get through all this, one, one of the things was we educated ourselves in order to educate him. And when I tried to make some of these connections, I think it was really helpful in him deciding, yeah, I can't continue with this. Yeah. Man, you said that so well, and I'm I'm so grateful because 
that's the missing link. And when kids, adults, the community realize like, whoa, I may be contributing to the harm of somebody else. I didn't sign up for that. I thought I was just self-indulging, right? I thought this was, I thought this was self-empowering. I thought this was sex positive. And so that's that issue, right? That I know the anti-human trafficking movement, you're going to see a divide because you have a lot that are saying about like sex work and sex sex positive. And I'm like, but there's nothing sex positive and there's nothing self-empowering if you're harming somebody else. But we have, I think culture, right, has been taught and has been changing to say, um, well, happiness, it's all about you. You do you like that. You do you boo boo kind of thing. And I'm like, well, if I do me, more than likely somebody around me is going to be harmed in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Right. We and don't live in a vacuum. that's exactly it. And that's the big thing about porn is it's so sexy. It's so pop culture. It's so where you're going to get a gajillion likes on social media. It's it's um, validating and confirming that you're beautiful. You're awesome. You're attractive. You're all these things. But in reality, um, we're harming ourselves and then harming, harming others. Um, I don't care how much money you make right in, in the porn industry. Um, and so it's good well, it's, that kids are understanding that. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, it's not real. That's right. I mean, what they're actually seeing is not realistic. Mm-hmm. So kids think that they're getting, well, they, they know they're getting their sex ed from porn. So they're, they're yes. looking it up mm-hmm. and then they see something that is, I mean, it's just, it's harmful. You know, what they see is not realistic. Right. It's violent. Mm -hmm. It's invasive. It's, it's not loving in any way, shape or form. And they think that's normal. Yeah. And then they're either set up for false expectations so that when they get older, Mm -hmm. oh, now they can't get the same high that they were getting from the pornography because it's totally different. Mm -hmm. It's not normal. Or it it fuels them into being violent themselves. That's a great segue, and yeah. I'd love to to go down that path when because um, earlier you alluded it alluded to it as well is again culture has promoted and marketed because that's what it is right it's it's marketing that. Yes. Um, that porn is sex positive and it's. Um, you know, it's sexy and all these things, but what people who don't watch porn and the community who are like, okay, well, I guess those are the times I guess we're shifting to that is yeah. how violent yeah. those scenes are in porn. And it's not your father's It's play not, play. it ain't your daddy's porn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so let's talk a little bit about like, do you have any stats or of, of what the violence looks like or the type? of violence or anything like that within, um, the Um, porn industry? Nothing that I can pinpoint. I've heard, you know, like 80% of it is violent, but that's just hearsay. I don't have any Mm -hmm. specific stats. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's totally fine. I just, uh, wanted to know if you had any here, but so what are your thoughts in regards to the violence or any of the information you have violence in, in the porn industry? Um, Yeah. So I have chosen not to watch any of it, but just having heard from so many (laughs) people, Uh um, 
you know, it's just not normal. I've heard that uh, the men are aggressive mm-hmm. and they're violent. And if the women say no, they don't stop. And so that's why children are thinking, oh, that's normal. I right. actually heard a story too. And I think it was on Mandy Major's uh, Next Talk mm-hmm. podcast about a parent who was chatting with her daughter who had decided that she was going to come out as a lesbian. And and in the course of the conversation about why she was making that choice, it was because she'd been watching pornography. Yeah. The, the men and women pornography was violent, but the women and women pornography was more gentle and loving. Mm -hmm. And so she just had decided that she didn't want to be in a heterosexual relationship if that's what it was going to look like. Whoa. Um, so that is so telling that. to me. Yeah. I could yeah. so see that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Like, well, and that's the other thing, right? Is this, uh, this porn that is becoming violent where there is choking, where there is hitting, where there is, um, you know, positions that the body can't even be in. Right. right. Um, and that was a good one on when they say no yet it still takes place, right? Um, Aggressively, violently, so on and so forth, is um, these kids are learning from that. And they think then that that is okay. And you actually have a lot of um, actual survivors of human trafficking will tell you as they were down in some, you know, basement or a hole or in a hotel room or what have you, that a lot of men show them the porn and say, I want you to do this. Yeah. And they would have to do those acts and videotape themselves with that individual or take pictures and things of that nature. Um, and, and they're like, where does that come from? It comes from the porn industry, right? right? Like you're not, there's a reason why you are not getting that at home, right. Or with a regular relationship, a healthy relationship with someone not saying that you're, and and I think that's the other thing is people are like, Oh, what's just, you're just being approved or something along those lines. And I'm like, that's not it at all in your bedroom. Do whatever you two decide on doing. That's the difference between porn and a healthy sexual relationship is you two decide on what it is you're going to do. And the porn industry that is a director, that is a writer. And these right. buyers aren't doing that with their healthy sexual relationship. They have to go right. pay for that, right? They're, right? You're talking apples and or I, you can't even say apples and oranges. It's like an apple and a zebra. Like it's yeah. just not even in the <laughs> same realm, right? No, <laughs> no. And when you're eight, correct, you have no frame of reference. Yeah. You don't know mm-hmm. that that's not normal. Right. So you know, this is what we're indoctrinating these poor kids with. And, and they are That's victims. And, you know, I, I don't, yeah. that to me, I had such a hard time marrying what my son was doing to who I thought he was and, and what other people out there doing. But when I finally realized like, well, he's a victim because mm-hmm. he is, he, he has, he didn't understand what was going on, you know, when that all first started. And like we talked about the brain, Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't developed enough for him to be able to make these rational decisions and understand the difference. So these kids think that's normal. Mm -hmm. And then they're, they become perpetrators because they, they think this is normal. And this is what we do. I love that. That's like, that is so key. And I, and I loved when we talked before you're like, and then I realized my son was a victim. He is the victim and 
that I'm, I'm, I'm assuming changes your whole perspective, your whole approach, right? When your child is the victim and understanding when your child's the victim. And that's the thing is why do we want to have our kid in therapy dealing with the trauma of pornography and dealing with recovery of addiction to porn, if we can prevent it over here. Right. And granted, like in your circumstance, you're like, I had no idea. It took him to have that warning for him to be scared out of his mind for y'all to know what's happening. But because we weren't aware to have these conversations and Every year, well, actually, it seems like every month, the world is getting more and more hypersexual and it and it's gearing towards younger and younger and younger and younger individuals. So that's the problem. It's like you can be hypersexual all you want as an adult. Mm -hmm. But once you go past that 18 mark, uh, there's a problem and people need to be held responsible for that. Right. Including us parents. Right. Like us parents. It's like, hey. Barb and Antoinette were saying, I need to stop. I can need to start talking about porn and I need to stop being so shameful about it. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, the shame and discussing Mm -hmm. pornography, because if we don't get if we don't acknowledge that and if we don't get over that, then our kids, I think, will never be safe. Right. So what are your thoughts on on the shame? Because on one end. It's all about porn and sex, but then, oh, wait, let's not talk about it. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? <laughs> right. Well, so in general, I think that um, society treats porn either as no big deal mm-hmm. or as it's something only shady, sketchy people do. And so it's, you know, there there's a stigma associated to it. And um, I actually looked up Brene Brown. She says, um, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love, belonging and connection. And so, you know, children who are caught in the porn in porn's trap realize and recognize intuitively that there's something not right here. Ooh, so um, good. Yeah. Yeah. And so because no one talks about it to them, they're afraid to disclose it to mm. the parent or a trusted adult. And then because the fear is that the adult is just going to punish them. Right. Totally. Um, so a parent overreacts, they take the phone and then they, they give them a lecture and then yeah. they say, don't do it again. And they think that's the end of it. But on the other side of it is, is the parent mm. who finds out. And that's where I was. And I was shameful. I felt you know, guilt and shame because of the stigma, um, you know, of it. And I didn't want to tell anyone because of that guilt and that Mm -hmm. shame that I'd allow this into my home. And so, you know, that's where we, we really need to break that stigma that, that it's only for monstrous type people. Absolutely. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And so when we bring it out into the open, when we start talking about it with our kids, with our uh, neighbors and family and relatives out in the open, that actually breaks down those barriers. It breaks down those walls and it allows that space one for our kids to come to us and say, Mm -hmm. look, this is what's happening and I don't know what to do about it. But it also breaks down the space um, in society and it allows for us to, to begin to heal and do something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so well said. And I appreciate that. I think for really for the listeners, for them to understand like, Hey, 
we need to talk about it. If, if, yes. if it's that important for you, for, you know, your child not to touch a hot stove um, and, you know, understand, yeah. stop, drop and roll and where the fire exits, it's literally just as vital and just as life saving. Yeah, um, that's that's a wonderful analogy. Right? It's perfect. Like you and there can't. are books where we can we can do we can uh, read the book to the child mm-hmm. and just so they know exactly what to do if they they see it. So we want to make that available. Absolutely. So how do you think because um, I love that y'all been able to go into schools and mm-hmm. because we do know there are some parents they're always going to want somebody else to talk to their kid <laughs> regarding yeah. some of these conversations because they're so uncomfortable. Right. And we know, depending on how they grow up too, right. right. It, it are factors. Yes. Do I pray and wish all of them can get over that in regards to the safety and well-being of their child for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are programs like y'all's that you're going into schools and yes. talking. How, how did y'all be able to do that because so many people um, have asked like, why aren't these things in school? And like with human trafficking, so on and so forth. Well, we know a lot of school districts and a lot of individual schools, they don't want that liability um, and parents coming back on them as well. Right. I think that it's more the latter. They just don't want to hear parents. Um, And, and, you know, you can have that waiver or you can opt in, opt out kind of option, but how were y'all able to do that? And how beneficial has it been from your from your point of view and your experience? Sure. So I'm not sure I can fully answer the first question sure. um, about how we were able, because the organization that I work for is 20 some years old. Mm. And the um, the gal who runs it, uh, she has a good rapport now with all of our school districts. So um if you're trying to break into it, we use real essentials curriculum. And um, I would suggest just approaching the school board about why it's important. Now, in Florida, we recently passed a law where human trafficking needs to be or anti-human trafficking needs to be taught mm-hmm. at certain levels. So we have a leg up because when we go yep. in, we say, hey, you're going to be able to fulfill this portion of your curriculum because we talk about um, the dangers of human trafficking. We talk about online grooming and we talk about consent, which is another mm-hmm. um, big word that that's coming to the forefront that needs so to be good. taught in yeah. schools now. Um, so I would suggest, you know, just having that conversation conversation with the school board about how important it is to be talking about this and and be armed with some statistics and reasons why it's important. Yeah. As far as getting results, yeah, we do. You know, we take a survey at the end of the curriculum and we ask them to please write down anything that they've learned. And the big, huge one is human trafficking, because Mm -hmm. we talk about five different risky behaviors and um, healthy lifestyle, making healthy choices and why that's Mm -hmm. important and setting goals and why it's important to reach your goals and um, to value themselves as a human being. So all that is taught over either five weeks or 12 weeks, depending on, on which school we're in. And at the end, 
usually the survey says that they didn't understand how dangerous and how prevalent human trafficking was and that that's where they learned what they learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just had a couple of aha moments. It's, it's kind of fun to watch the kids face when you, when I talked about, uh, I can remember specifically one boy when I was talking about human trafficking and the link to pornography and him just raising his hand and saying, wait, wait, are you, are you telling me that those women, they don't want to be doing that. They don't, they didn't sign up for that. And I'm like, no, not <laughs> most of them have not signed up for that. They had right. no idea. This is what they were getting into. So, you know, just to see those connections yeah. like that, mm-hmm. um, that, so yeah, we're definitely making a difference now. How much of a difference? I don't know. Time will tell on that, <laughs> but, um, it, it's fun to go in there and be able to connect with them and help them see that. Yeah, I think but I tell all thing. our kids to find a trusted adult. And if that adult isn't, first of all, and I don't know if there's any kids listening, probably not. But <laughs> if you're a kid out there, your parents probably want to help you. They just don't know how. Right. right. You know, we're just we're just flailing right. as parents. We're just trying to figure it out as right. we go along. So you know, give your parents a chance. That's what I tell them. And two, if you don't think that the parent is a person, find someone, find some trusted adult, whether it's a counselor or a teacher or a Mm -hmm. coach or a pastor, whoever, a a neighbor, you know, there are adults out there that want to help. So Mm -hmm. now if you're an adult listening, be that adult, (laughs) right? Be that person. Mm -hmm. It's so, oh gosh. I can imagine the ahas, right? Because I've seen them myself and you're right. They, they're just not being told that, right? Because parents aren't having that conversation with human, right. about human trafficking. They're not having that conversation about porn because we're in, we believe that our kids are safe because I'm doing what I can to feed right. them, clothe them, give them the best that they can, so on and so forth. And not understanding that we have given predators a back door and that mm-hmm. back door is the Internet. <laughs> it just is. Right. And that back door allows these predators to come in and lure our young people when their brains aren't developed And I love that you are having like these difficult conversations and you are using the world healthy a lot because Mm -hmm. I believe like we've kind of taken a, you know, pop culture, right? It always changes, but we're in this space of like healthy, 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 healthy mind, healthy body, healthy skin, healthy, like, and so younger people, like I've even had some of my like younger, younger cousins that are like teens or tweens and they're like, oh, uh, you know, cousin, like, what kind of cream do you use? And I'm like, you're 12. (laughs) Like you're 12. Yeah, I was like, you're 12. Why are we having this conversation right now? It's so, it's so weird, but that's what culture's teaching them is right. healthy, healthy, healthy. So you can't be healthy externally and a hot mess all inside, right? Mm. Starting with your mind as well Absolutely. as all your organs. So those are the conversations that I like to have with right. them, right? And when I was a public school teacher, same thing. I'm like, internally, what's going on internally? What kind of conversations we can we have about your, you know, what's going on in your mind, Um how those feelings make you feel, so on and so forth. So having those conversations, that's where we're going to protect our kids, not just let's like, oh, and we think it's not the age group to have it. And I'm like, no, because let me tell you, if you're not having it, somebody else is. Right. So true. Somebody else is. 
Right. And when it comes to the healthy versus unhealthy, we we use those terminologies because we want to make sure we're not saying wrong sure. or mistake or mm-hmm. sinful, which of course we wouldn't use that term in in schools anyway, but but yeah. some people would say, Oh, that's a sin or that's wrong or that's a mistake. But when we say it's an unhealthy choice, then we're empowering the kids to make okay, look, this is what we want you to understand. This is a healthy choice. This is an unhealthy choice. Which direction are you going to go? And we don't want to shame them or make them feel guilty by using other terminology that that is uh, demeaning. Yeah, I see. That's the... That I think is is so key is building that trust with kids. And yes, I know uh, as parents, your first emotion wants to come out as well. (laughs) And so it is hard to control that as well. Like we're human and I give you that. Right. But still, if we can control that so that our kids do feel safe and like, wow, I can tell my parents anything or I can tell my, you know, my trusted um, my trusted adult, then you're setting them up for true success for when a predator approaches them, they know what to do. And that's the key because stranger danger is not a thing anymore because all these people are friends and, um, and we share our deepest, darkest secrets online (laughs) and we, you know, and we show vulnerability, just a small hint of vulnerability they catch on to that. They're looking yep. for it. When before yep. we didn't have access to share that you had to be physical, you know, face to face to know what my vulnerabilities were here. They're all, Oh, I hate my mom. My dad right. did this, right. I'm grounded again. Just simple things like that. Children don't realize young people don't realize that that you just open the door. So giving yes. them those healthy choices and then healthy responses from adults that is going to create a healthy relationship, <laughs> right? right? And, and tools that you, that you armor them with that they can use when those monsters out there do want to do harm. Um, yes. You know, and, and let's be real. Some of those um, monstrous people is our pop culture as well. And so you're giving oh, yeah. kids, right, that fortitude to say, hey, I did like her when she sang this song. However, I don't like that she does this. So I'm just going to listen to her from afar. Like, right, they mm-hmm. start to distance themselves instead of just right. being total awe and then following everything they do. Right. Because that, too, yeah. is a contributor. Right. And that brings up another point that I try and say is we're not all good people or all bad, you know, yeah. because... Like, I love how you said that you can still like the song, but not like some of the actions that they do. And Mm. that's okay because not everybody is all good or all bad. We, we have lots of, uh, complicated parts to us. We can be both. (laughs) We make good choices and we make our healthy choices and unhealthy choices, right? (laughs) I mean, I know that I have made a few unhealthy choices in my life, um, but you can still, you know, look up to me and some of the things as a child Mm. that I've done well. And so that's what we want to, um, you know, communicate with our kids that, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have made some, some unhealthy choices in life, but you don't have to stay there. You can turn your life around because your past doesn't define who you are and it doesn't dictate what you can do in the future. You can actually make a different choice tomorrow. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think that, right. And that, that just goes for humanity period. Right. So the parents for parents that lack support, kind of what brought you to, to your purpose and mission, it's like, you're going to make mistakes through this journey, but it's being that open, I think with our kids and saying, Hey, I made a mistake too. And maybe I didn't react the way I, you know, I should have reacted. Um, we're going to fight this together and I'm going to be here with you and you're going to make unhealthy choices. I'm going to make, but unhealthy, but the goal is (laughs) to make as many healthy choices as possible so that and and I rather go down to or not go down, but I rather be on that level and humble myself opposed yes. to like like we're saying, like having to work with your kid through recovery and work with your kid through all mm-hmm. the trauma and all these. Because that's what I see with these survivors. Right. And I'm like, but we could have been here. So we're here. And it's because of these stories and life experiences that we're able to educate others. And it's like parents, we don't want you to go through what we did. We want you over here in the prevention side. For some reason, we think that parenting means we only show the positive, good, perfect side Mm -hmm. and we don't ever become vulnerable and talk to them. Yeah. Let's tell them, Hey, I was 12. Mm -hmm. I understand your emotions are screaming. I understand when you look at that photo that some alarms go off like, I'm excited. You (laughs) know, that's normal. But that doesn't mean that you follow those emotions or that, that, you know, but, and, you know, and tell stories about how, when you were their age, whatever age it is at that moment, Mm -hmm. this is how I felt. And this is what I thought. And these are even the behaviors that I did. And if I had to make that choice today, I think I would make a different choice Mm -hmm. because it didn't work out so well for me. Yeah. I love the honesty because, right, again, somebody else is going to be honest with your kids and honest in a way that's going to take them down this direction opposed down this direction. Right. So if we're not talking to them. Somebody else is. And that's the that really is the danger. Um, If there is one major resource, because if you go um, you know, just for our listeners, if you go to helpfulmom.net, you're definitely going to see Barb's resources and, and her blog and everything that she's put on there, which I've already read tons where I've already marked. I'm like, OK, I'm going to have her back on a show so we can talk about this one and this one because uh, it's so great. And so besides them going to to helpfulmom.net, what do you think is a powerful resource to help parents um, to uncover if their kids are watching porn? To uncover. That's a great question. Um, Probably something that I read recently is called Honest Talk by John Fort, and he's with Be Broken Ministries. And the reason I picked that based on your question is because he has a ton of questions that you can ask kids Mm. and he talks about being vulnerable, et cetera. So if there is some suspicion about it, he tells you how to bring it up in an, um, in a non-judgmental way so that you can um, help them uh, kind of pick their brain and sort of give them that safe place for them to be able to reveal any, anything going on in their life. So I guess that would be the Mm -hmm. resource. Well, see, and that's right. Cause you're going to definitely have listeners that are just going to be in total disbelief that their kids don't have a problem or they're like, why ask my kid? And they said, no. So, okay, well, how can we uncover Right. Yeah. If that, and granted, yes, we don't want 
to make it where it makes them curious and then they go look it up, of course. But right, that kind of tool. And then the other mm-hmm. is what do you think is a great resource once parents know that their kids are watching porn and they need some help, right? They're the beginning. They're they're where you were with all those emotions. Right. Right. And they're like, I have no idea what to do now. Sure. Um, and which is why I start my website because <laughs> I couldn't find a resource um, that told me that. Um, parents aware, media savvy moms. Well, just go to Barb then. Just go to Barb only. There's a lot of people doing some good things out there. Protect Young Eyes is helped. It helps figure some things out. Um, Fight the New Drug oh, is yes. a really good resource too. And they have, um, so you, you know them mm-hmm. and, and they also have the resource for the kids fortify. Right. So they're really good. They're, they're non uh, political, mm-hmm. they're non churchy, you know, they're like, we're just science based, brain based, we're just going to tell you the facts. Yeah. And, um, but they're, they're so good. They have so much information. Mm-hmm. I would say that's one of the the top ones for sure. Yeah, they're, you're right. Like their delivery is um really great. They don't sugarcoat anything. Yet no. it is kind of very matter of fact, which I think you can you can capture, you know, a wider net that way of individuals who are like, okay, get on board on this uh, with this and very brain based. And yes. that makes it very mutual. So absolutely one, you know, 100%. Um, so, okay. So if you want to help um, and you want to gather information to see if your kids even watching porn, you definitely want to go to John Fort, right? Mm-hmm. That's his name, John yeah. Fort. Um, because he has a lot of great questions that you can gently, appropriately start having those difficult conversations and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and then the next person definitely is, is fight the new drug. I love fight the new drug. They're very bold. They're very clear. Um, and I think it helps any parent kind of get on board for that support system that you need. Now I do know that you are writing a book. Yes, ma'am. And I would love, I mean, I already told you, you're coming back on the show and we're going to talk about that once it's ready for launch. But if you could give us just a little bit of insight of what this book is about, we would be most grateful. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's born from my desire to be able to help that that mom or that dad that's in the position that I was in of having a child who struggles with pornography and yet also... Uh, being upset and, uh, you know, having your heart aching to the point of, of not knowing what to do and yet not having any support. So the book serves two purposes. One, it gives some practical advice on what to do to help your child, which we all need, of course. But then the bigger purpose for me is to be, to come alongside the parent and say, okay, look, here's what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with um, loneliness and grief and shame and yeah. betrayal trauma because, mm-hmm. you know, your child has lied to you and betrayed you. And so here are the things that you are dealing with. And here are some helpful hints as to how you can now walk through this trauma um, as you're parenting your child yeah. and come out the other end. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, giving some permission to be okay 
at the same time that you're parenting your child and walk through, there's a whole chapter on grief and what that looks like and how I walked through the various stages of grief. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a, hopefully a great resource. Yeah, I believe so. Cause I think that's, that's the other thing, right? Is even when you have a speaker that comes and s- speaks to you or you're going through the recovery process, that tool is not with you on the daily. Right. And um, coming from a person who, right, a chief learning officer and done learning development, all brain science, I try to give things and create things so that people feel like they have something where they're able to um, apply it when nobody else is around. Right. <laughs> from right. the corporate to personal. Right. Just all the way around. And sometimes people just need like that book coming from someone that knows exactly what they're experiencing. And you said, you're going to have a chapter that has those tools. It's like, even if they could just flip back and they just read it for themselves, it might give them just a peace of mind. Like, Oh, I'm not in it alone. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the major purpose is Mm -hmm. you are not alone. There are others that have come before you (laughs) and we've survived. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right, right. We have survived. And that that is really saying something all on its own because yeah. we know how much porn has ripped families apart, has ripped yeah. an individual apart. And in reality, it's ripping our society apart. Yeah. And the more we realize that we're going to treat this problem that is coming at our kids all day long, we're going to treat it just like we would treat drugs. Yeah. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm, you know, hoping for. And we're so grateful for the work that you're doing. And, you know, anybody listening, if you, Barb can come and speak to your group, um, yeah. she can supply a lot of support, individual support as well, yes. correct on some of the services you provide. Yes, um, what else am I missing? You can speak, you can support like one-on-one support as well, or group support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guest podcast, guest articles, guest author. Yeah. The list goes on and on, Um, (laughs) which is great because it's like a one-stop shop over here, you know, and, and I love that you're here to help families because we're at a loss and we are, we're at a loss and we're, we're, we're behind the curve because Everybody is coming at our kids with sex, hypersex, right. everything. And in our, and I love what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, but thank yeah. you. I appreciate so, and, that very much. I mean, it takes it takes all of us working together in order to absolutely to beat this. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I'm I'm excited because I think the next generation, when we are educating them and communicating to them, yeah. they're going to stand up and say, "We're ne- we can't take this anymore. We're done." That's right. So, Absolutely. Like abolitionists. It's like really recreating, becoming an abolitionist to free slaves, period. Right. And we know that that porn is the new drug and you are a slave to porn as an individual, as a family and as a society. So I appreciate you so much for coming on. I can't wait to talk to you again. Um, And anybody who's listening, like I said, if you need support or know someone that does need some help, um, go to hopefulmom.net and seek out Miss Barb Winters. She is a woman on a mission. um, And we can't wait to have you again. Thank you.
So thanks so much for listening. I think a lot of us have a lot of thoughts and emotions going through going through us after hearing Barb and her story and a lot of the questions and discussions that we, that her and I had. And in reality, there are no if, ands, or buts. Porn is fueling human trafficking. Porn is fueling human trafficking. And in this hypersexual or hypersex world that we live in is really preventing children from just being children. And we're lying to ourselves. We're absolutely lying to ourselves as a community, as a family, um, to think that porn is not a problem, as well as that children don't have access to it. You heard Barb and I talk about what are some ways that kids, that predators are really exposing themselves online to children and exposing them, you know, with pornography. And in, and in really in order to prevent human trafficking or from young people from being trafficked, right, which is remember force fraud or coercion, luring them to do things that kids shouldn't be doing, nor do they want to do. Um, we must stop the porn industry. That's what we need to do. And we need to protect our kids from pornography. 18, you give consent. Over the age of 18, you give consent. If you want to look at porn, that's you. That's on you. You're an adult to make those decisions. But anyone, anyone reaching out to children and giving them that access it is illegal and it shouldn't be happening, but we need to stop normalizing it as well. We as a society have to stop normalizing this hypersex world to children. Again, adults, you have consent to do what it is that you want to do. But for children, that's where we need to protect them. So the call to action for these two episodes is we need to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we need to start having by having those discussions about pornography, open up to your kids and start asking them, you know, of course, you're not going to talk to your eight year old like you would talk to your 17 year old. Right. So there's a lot of resources online. We're going to post them. Um, so definitely look at our social media at Inhumane Podcasts across the board. Go to the help, hopefulmom.net. Barb Winter, she has tons of resources because we understand that it's hard. We understand that this is a challenging, difficult, yucky conversation. But Bob, Barb said it best, like, let's turn it into a positive um, by talking about porn our way, right? And giving our kids the tools and the resources to fight back when someone is trying to lure them or show them things that they don't want to really see. So let's start talking about it. Talk to your kids if you don't have children, talk to your family and start talking to your your neighbors and your friends. Let's start talking about pornography and not this shameful thing, but more in the sense to protect our kids. And let's get the help out there that we need. Share the hopefulmom.net um, for anyone you think may be facing this issue because kids, as Barb said it, are becoming addicted. High school kids are already addicted to pornography. You don't want them going through that and thinking those are healthy relationships. So until next time, we'll see ya. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com. 
the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts.